If the church is not going to be present on this earth during the tribulation, will people be able to be saved? And if so, how? And what about the city called Babylon the Great in Revelation 17 and 18? Could it possibly be a city inside the United States, as some claim? For insight regarding these questions, stay tuned as we interview 13 Bible prophecy experts. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. This is our fourth week in a series of programs in which we are featuring 13 Bible prophecy experts responding to questions about the book of Revelation. If you have missed our previous three programs featuring these interviews, you can watch them on our website at lamblion.com. In this program, we're going to seek the answers to a couple of more questions about the book of Revelation. The first has to do with whether or not people will be able to be saved during the seven horrible years of the Great Tribulation. After all, if the church is going to be taken out of the world in the rapture before the tribulation begins, who will be left to share the gospel with people? So, our specific question for our experts is this, do you believe people will be saved during the tribulation, and if so, how? We do not have time to present all the answers we received, so we'll present a representative sample. Well, Revelation 7, 9 through 14 clearly says there's going to be people saved in tribulation. Two of the verses go, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They're wearing white robes and were holding palm branches. These are they who came out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That's clearly people who are being saved during the tribulation. And how are they being saved? Well, they're going to witness the rapture. So they're going to see all these people disappear, millions of people disappear. Hopefully all the materials and literature and videos we're leaving behind for them will help lead them to the Lord and explain that. There will be two witnesses in Jerusalem, Revelation 11, that talks about who will preach to the world. There's 144,000 Jewish evangelists that the Lord has set aside for that time period. There's the very judgments of God. They'll say, hey, there has got to be a God for this to be happening. And then there's an angel of God. Uh, Revelation 14.6 tells us that an angel of God is going to circumnavigate the whole world and share the gospel. So there will be plenty of opportunities for people to come to the Lord and be saved. I think the seventh chapter of Revelation makes it pretty obvious there are people going to be saved. 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. Makes it pretty clear those are Jewish people that are being converted. But then later in chapter 7, he says, an innumerable host of every people, tongue, and nation that sound like Gentiles. So you have a whole host of people being converted during the time of tribulation. The question is often raised, how are they converted then if the Holy Spirit is gone in the rapture? Well, the Holy Spirit's not gone. The church is gone. The church is raptured out. The Holy Spirit is God. God is omnipresent. Uh, God is in heaven. God lives in our hearts. God is ruling over the whole world. Uh, and uh, God's presence was personified on the Ark of the Covenant in the presence of His glory. Uh, but when the glory departed from the Ark of the Covenant uh, in the book of Ezekiel, 
uh, and God departed and judgment fell, that doesn't mean that God was missing from the world. God was still there dealing with Ezekiel's heart, Daniel's heart during the Babylonian captivity. The Holy Spirit will still be here during the time of tribulation, convicting people of sin, righteousness, and judgment so that when people are saved, they're still born of the Spirit. But in my opinion, they're not baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ, into a unique relationship with the body of the church that is typically just for the church age. Well, the church is going to be in heaven during the tribulation for sure, but we're not saved by the church. We're saved by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God, contrary to what some believe, will still be active during the tribulation here on earth. And so people will be saved during the tribulation the same way that they've always been saved, and that's through faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone for their salvation. And so, yes, there will be many people saved during the Revelation. We're quick to talk about the horrors of the tribulation, but we overlook the harvest of the tribulation. And Revelation chapter 6, the Bible speaks of a, a group of people who have been persecuted unto death for their testimony in God. And uh, have, uh, we find them in heaven. Uh, in Revelation chapter 7, we find the the innumerable multitude of people who are before the throne of God. The Bible says they came out of tribulation and their robes have been washed white by the blood of the Lamb. And so, yes, there will be many people saved during the tribulation. Unfortunately, uh, I believe that most of those, not all, but most of those will also be martyrs of the faith, that they'll have to die the physical death for their faith. And so it will be very difficult on people during that time. Yes, I do, actually. I, I believe that um, in Revelation chapter 7, and that's another passage I would, I would just love to read for the benefit of, of those who are uh, looking in. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, um, I think, really reveals to us um, the truth of that. And this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, crying with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne. And I suppose the question arises, who are those people? And obviously they're not the church the church saints are in heaven. Um, they're not Israel because they're from every tribe and kindred and nation. And these surely are Gentiles that after the church has been raptured um, and left who may never have heard the gospel uh, and who don't know what it means to be saved, to be born again, are now faced with uh, a period called the tribulation or the great tribulation and may want to call out upon the name of the Lord. Having rejected Christ as Savior in earlier days, may now want to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Matthew twenty four fourteen tells us, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the nations, and then shall the end come. So during the tribulation period, you will have those that will be preaching the gospel. Well, how do we know that? Well, Revelation chapter 7, God raises up 144,000 male Jewish Israelites. 
12,000 each from the 12 tribes of Israel. These guys are going to be prophesying during the tribulation period, and I believe multitudes are going to get saved. Then we jump to Revelation chapter 11. God raises up these two witnesses. Revelation 11 verse 3 says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. That's 1,260 days, the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. Again, I believe multitudes are going to get saved. Then we jump to Revelation chapter 14, verse 6. John says, I saw an angel preaching the everlasting gospel to them who dwell on the earth. So the church ain't going to be here preaching the gospel because we're going to be in heaven for that seven-year period of tribulation. And so uh, God is going to raise up these three groups uh, to preach the gospel, and unsaved people will be getting saved during that time. Our experts are responding to the question, do you believe people will be saved during the tribulation, and if so, how? Well, people will clearly be saved, I think, during the tribulation period. I mean, we've got this uh, picture in the book of Revelation, in Revelation 7. Uh, in chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, we have this 144,000 uh, Jews, uh, Jewish males, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then beginning in Revelation 7, 9, we have this great multitude no one could number. John asks, you know, who are these? And he says, these are those who've come out of great tribulation, who've washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. So clearly there is a, a, you know, an innumerable host that are on the earth uh, saved during the tribulation. Of course, these in Revelation 7 are martyred, so by that time they're in heaven. Now, you know, people say, well, how, how are people going to get saved if you believe in a pre-trib rapture? Well, there's going to be uh, all kinds of material left on the earth. There's going to be people who've heard the gospel from people before. Uh, there's going to be people maybe who are watching this program right now um, who've heard uh, the truth of Jesus Christ and the gospel. And I think that the rapture itself may be one of the greatest uh, evangelistic tools in all of history as you know, millions upon millions of people leave this earth. So, and of course, ultimately, it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit uh, that brings people uh, to faith in Christ. The Spirit will still be here actively drawing people uh, to Himself. So I like to say there will be great revival during the Great Tribulation. I believe the scenario will be this. The church will be removed, and very, very shortly thereafter, God will ordain, according to Revelation chapter 7, 144,000 Jewish witnesses. And uh, according to, I believe it's verse 9, uh, it is implied that they will be some of the greatest evangelists the world has ever known. And the Bible names them by tribes, so they're not the church. The church is not here. Uh, names them by tribes. So a lot of times I find people say, I'm part of the 144,000. Good. What tribe are you from? Uh, and so, yes, I believe those guys are going to preach, and I'd like to add some perspective to that. What happens in Bible history when a Jewish person gets full of the Holy Spirit? We have all these Bible records of these guys, the prophets and so forth and so on. Where would we be without the ministry of the Apostle Paul? A man, a Jewish man, full of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not talking about during the tribulation. One man full of the Holy Spirit. Think of the millions that have been affected by his ministry. We're talking about 144,000 of these guys full of the Holy Spirit, armed with the gospel, and they're going to preach in seven years like the church hasn't done in 2,000 years. Millions will be saved. I do believe that people will be saved during the tribulation period. Uh, and I'm talking when I say that about people who didn't hear the Word of God and reject it before the rapture of the church. Now, John saw a great multitude in heaven. 
He asked who this multitude was. He was told, these are they that come out of the great tribulation. They wouldn't be in heaven if they weren't saved, first of all. They are saved, and they came out of the great tribulation. So I do believe that people will be saved during the tribulation period. I believe that will happen as a result of the preaching of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists and the two witnesses. And in Revelation chapter 14, there's an angel that flies through the air and preaches the gospel to every nation and kindred and tribe and people on the face of the earth. I, I understand all of that. I, I want uh, to get across the point that the Holy Spirit does a lot of things and operates in a lot of different ways. And the Holy Spirit is not limited to operating in the church or to baptizing people into the body of Christ. For example, the Holy Spirit was present at the creation brooding over the waters, but there was no church. The Holy Spirit was active during Old Testament times, uh, working through the Old Testament writers and leading them in what to say, but there was no church. The Holy Spirit was active through people like Samson and even over in the New Testament to Mary and Joseph, but there was no church. And so the Holy Spirit can act and do things without the church and without baptizing people into the body of Christ. I believe that uh, Jews will be saved in the future during the tribulation period, but they won't be added to the church. There are people that we usually refer to, some of us do, as tribulation saints that will be saved, but they won't be added to the church. Yes, I believe they will be saved uh, during the tribulation. I suppose in a nutshell you could say that they'll be saved in the tribulation just like any other uh, time that people are saved, by grace through faith. We understand that. But specifically, there are some things I believe that's going to lend toward the salvation of a whole multitude of people during the tribulation. And not the least of which, I believe, will be the fact that a lot of people, quite simply, will not buy into the... the, the uh, the official government religious explanation for the uh, sudden disappearance of multitudes of people. I don't think they're going to buy into that. I also believe that there's a residual effect of evangelization during the church age that's going to carry over into the tribulation period. For example, Bibles. Bibles will be everywhere, at least in the free world. There will be access to Internet uh, sites that people can get information. And not only that... I believe that people are going to go to certain websites where uh, authors have left instructions regarding what has happened, uh, what to expect, and what the reader needs to do. And when you take all of those things, combine them with the two witnesses and the 144,000 uh, Jewish evangelist and the uh, angel that preaches the gospel, you take all of those things together, you can't help but see that, yes, there will be many people saved during the tribulation period. I hope you're enjoying these interviews with such a variety of Bible prophecy experts. Our next question is a much debated one. It concerns whether or not the headquarters of the Antichrist could be located here in the United States. A number of authors in recent years have argued that the Antichrist will rule the world from either Washington, D.C. or New York City. Most of these are what I consider to be sensationalist, but I believe their contention needs a response. So, we're going to ask our Bible prophecy experts if they believe the headquarters of the Antichrist, called Babylon the Great in Revelation 17 and 18, could be located in the United States. Once again, we do not have the time to present all 13 responses, so we will show you some representative ones, and then I will present a summary at the end.
No, I don't. I don't believe that uh, Babylon in Revelation 17 and 18 uh, could be the United States. There's several reasons for it. If you look at the, the system in Revelation 17, you see a, a very powerful economic uh, religious system. Um, and the uh, United States, in my opinion, does not fit in that kind of description. Our country has never been considered the, uh, the heartbeat of any kind of worldwide religious system. I don't think that applies. Uh, you look at some of the descriptions of this religious system. There are colors that are associated with it, purple and scarlet. That doesn't have anything to do with our country. Uh, the seven hills, that kind of thing. We don't have anything in this country that is associated with that. Uh, so I don't think that the, the Revelation 17 Babylon is the United States. Now, Revelation 18, the economic system, I still believe that is not the United States. And the reason for that is the United States is not the only mega powerhouse, uh, economic powerhouse that has existed uh, on the face of this planet. Um, and if you look at it carefully, I think you'll understand and see clearly that the context of both Revelation 17 and 18 is a 2,000-year-old context that has to do with Europe and the Middle East, not the Western world. No. Babylon the Great in Revelation 17 and 18 is a reference to a specific city, I believe. It's not a country like the United States, although I have to admit that much of the description that's given to Babylon certainly seems to fit uh, the, the United States of America. But, no, I'm convinced and, and believe in a literal Babylon on the Euphrates River in the modern country of Iraq, the same place where it's always been, that there will be a resurrection of that city. It will become a great commercial and religious center uh, and also uh, most likely the headquarters of the Antichrist during the second half of the tribulation. And so I take a literal approach to that Babylon. Uh, I do not believe that it's the United States of America. Well, the book of Revelation doesn't say that God is talking about a nation. It says that he's talking about a woman, and it says he's talking about a city. So I believe we have a double identity there. Uh, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, is a woman and a city. Now, concerning her identity as a woman, we know that the Bible teaches, especially in the Old Testament, uh, that wicked women, they characterize uh, false religion. And in the New Testament, good woman, and even in the Old Testament, is characterized as, as true religion. The, the church, the bride of Christ, is a good woman. That's, that's true religion. So we have that teaching. Uh, uh, in the Old Testament, God called the unfaithful Jews harlots on one occasion, more than one occasion, really. He called Jerusalem the mother of harlots. I believe that mystery Babylon is, uh, the mystery about Babylon is that it is a harlot religion that will be located at the rebuilt city of Babylon at the end of the tribulation period. I would have great difficulty in, in believing that, uh, quite frankly. Um, I suppose I find it difficult to believe that Babylon could be any other country or uh, city, certainly any country, uh, because the text tells us that Babylon is a city, number one, for a start of. And if we are prepared uh, to ignore what I call the plain text, that is, when we come to the book of the Revelation, we should come to it with um, a literal understanding or try to interpret it literally as far as we can. And if we come to the Scriptures uh, literally, 
um, and um, we are prepared to ignore what is the plain text or the plain message of the text and entertain our own ideas or our own fancies uh, about who Babylon could or could not be, I think we could easily be deceived. It simply uh, won't do for us just to walk right past what is the interpretive clues uh, given to us. It's obvious in the book of Revelation that John portrays Babylon, whatever he means by that, as the kingdom of the Antichrist, the ungodly world system of the last days that controls a world economy. Nobody can buy or sell without the mark of the beast, a world government, and to some degree the attempt to impose a world religion so that all the world would worship the beast as though he were God. So whether we say that that is localized in a specific place, whether people take it as literal Babylon in Iraq, which I do not, uh, or a symbol of Rome, which I think is much more likely in the book of Revelation, or a symbol of the final world empire, wherever he rules from, he will rule the whole world. Uh, At least the whole civilized world will be under his influence and his control. Uh, I personally believe that John is using Babylon by calling it Mystery Babylon as a symbol for Rome. Uh, He's a prisoner of the Roman government. He's not going to name Rome, creating more problems at that point for himself. But at the same time, he wants his reader to understand who he's talking about. It's the city that sits on seven hills. Our guests are responding to the question, could Babylon the Great be located in the United States? Well, it's not called mystery Babylon for nothing. It's a mystery, so we can only guess. But there are some clues in the Bible that give us a kind of an indication of what it's not. Well, Romans 18 explains, uh, excuse me, Revelation 18 explains it. It's an economic powerhouse. It's a great source of immorality. The people are sinful. They live for pleasure. And that's clearly the United States today. But the Antichrist government is a global government. It'll incorporate the United States. The Europe, it will rise from the European Union. The whole world will be part of it. And the harlot, this prostitute that the Bible talks about, rides the back of that world government. So it can't be the harlot and be the beast, the Antichrist kingdom it's riding at the same time. So no, the United States will not be part of the harlot system. The Bible talks about, when it talks about women or or especially uh, adulterous women, it talks about religious systems. So what it's not talking about is not a a nation, but a religious system that will exist the first half of the uh, tribulation, uh, made up of apostate Christianity, uh, its basis is in humanism, and that will be destroyed in the Antichrist for the second half will institute his religion, which is self-worship, and is worshiping his master, which is Satan. I really uh, personally uh, don't think so. For one thing, America, if we look at history today, and I I think that uh, we can pretty much see the way things are going by history today, and America is no longer the apex nation. I mean, they are the apex nation, but they're quickly, uh, their flower is quickly fading, so to speak. And uh, so we can't say that uh, it's going to be the the premier nation during the tribulation uh, of chapter 18 of Revelation. Um, And we see chapter 17, uh, you know, the mystery Babylon and all that with the harlot system, the church system and everything, but I don't don't see anywhere there's a mystery Babylon with regard to that city that's doomed to to be destroyed in a single hour um, in, in Revelation chapter 18. I Therefore, I'm more or less of the uh, conviction that uh, it's going to be a, a rebuilt Babylon. I think uh, 
Revelation 17 and 18 both speak about Babylon. I believe they're different. I believe Revelation 17 is the the church, the professing church that remains after the rapture of the true church and will be manifest as the, the great harlot uh, that never did believe in Christ, that uh, just pretended and was very hypocritical in the whole thing. But it's become the world religion after the rapture and will attract the whole world uh, as uh, I think the most of the false religions of the world, the Muslims, the, the uh, Hindus, you know, all these, all these religions of the world will coalesce around the mother church that survives after the rapture. And it will be destroyed by the Antichrist who gets tired of it. He, used, he uses the church, the false church, to gain power. But then once he's gained it after three and a half years, he says, I, I'm through with you. I don't need you anymore and devours it, the scripture says. Then there's the Babylon of uh, Revelation 18, which seems to be uh, the city Babylon. Uh, the old city of Babylon, where it all began, where the Tower of Babel was, where uh, uh, pagan religion had its origins. Well, a lot of people think so. You know, a lot of people think Babylon could be uh, the United States, or many people will say it's New York City. Because clearly, whatever it is, it's a city. Because in, in Revelation seventeen eighteen, it says Babylon is that great city which rules over the kings of the earth. So clearly it's a city. You know, some people think it's Rome, some rebuilt Babylon, um, some New York City, the United States. Uh, you know, to me, making it uh, the United States, when you really go through and look at what the passage says, it talks about how this Babylon kills the prophets. Um, uh, to me, it's a, a stretch to take the specific statements there and have it apply uh, to the United States. I take the view that it's a literal rebuilt Babylon in the future. Uh, but I, I reject the idea that it has anything to do with New York City or the United States. Let me give you a quick summary of how our experts responded to the question concerning whether or not the headquarters of the Antichrist could be located here in the United States. All of them, without exception, answered no. In the process of giving their answers, seven of them stated that they think the Antichrist headquarters will be located in the ancient city of Babylon rebuilt. Five did not express their views about the location. One, Ed Heinsohn, said he thought the headquarters would be in Rome. I personally agree with the experts when they say there is no possibility that the Antichrist headquarters could be located in the United States. And I happen to agree with Ed Heinsohn's view that the headquarters will be located in Rome. For more detailed information about why I believe that, Go to our website at lambline.com and search for my article entitled, Mystery Babylon. Next week, the Lord willing, we will present another program in this series as we ask our Bible prophecy experts whether or not they believe that the Revelation chapter 20 teaches that Jesus will return to this earth to reign for a thousand years. Well, that's our program for this week. I hope it has been a blessing to you. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful for our redemption is drawing near. 
If you would like to learn more about the book of Revelation, please consider Dr. Reagan's comprehensive survey entitled Wrath and Glory. In this easy-to-read book, Dr. Reagan takes you through the book of Revelation one chapter at a time and clearly explains the meaning of each chapter, relying on a literal, plain-sense interpretation. The book also contains Dr. Reagan's responses to the most commonly asked questions about Revelation. Dr. Reagan's book concludes with lessons drawn from the book of Revelation that we can apply to our lives as we try to live for Christ in the end times. You can secure a copy of this book for a gift of $15 or more, plus the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or you can place your order at our website at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministry, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 